Well, I'm really excited. So um, I did have, well, he said, because I started preaching this message on uh, one of our broadcasts, and I was, it was kind of like I was getting into it, but um, the Lord was revealing more to me. And I thought, you know, I'll just, like, preach it next week on the broadcast, make it, like, a part two, and I'll just add all this great stuff. And then uh, the next morning he looked over, and I was just telling him, like, the, what the Lord was speaking to me. And, and he said, yeah, he's like, that's really good. So you're going to preach Sunday night. And I said, what? <laughs> because he's in this, like, part series of, of uh, you know, benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and then... Um, well, I won't announce, but, you know, there's a special guest next week preaching. So I was like, okay. So I knew the Lord, um, this is for someone here tonight, because the Lord spoke to him to have me preach. And then the Lord dropped this on my heart. So I'm going to be talking, and I don't really have, like, a formal title. Um, I've been trying to think of one. But I'm just going to be talking about uh, the isolation from the enemy and, and the attack on your mind that comes from the enemy, and, but not only that, because, you know, you could hear that and be like, oh, no, <laughs> but not only that, but the, how important it is to be isolated with God, and what to do to overcome that attack when it comes from the enemy, so, you know, what is that, so the enemy comes in, and he wants, his job is to make us, even as believers, because no one's exempt from an attack of the enemy, you know, it's, it's, it's scriptural to be, have the attack, but it's unscriptural to be defeated from the attack. So the Lord is there and he's, and he's with us and he's giving us the strength that, that we need and he's giving us the wisdom that we need. But the enemy wants to come in and set up obstacles. He wants to come in and put roadblocks up. He wants to come in and try to burden you down with weariness or with stress or with all of these things, attack on your mind. And we, if you don't, if you're not saturated with the word, then people succumb to those attacks. People will just give in to those attacks. And no one, and like I was saying, no one's exempt. So even though, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter if you're an evangelist, it doesn't matter if you're just a Christian that, that loves God with all your heart, the enemy is going to come in and try to challenge that. He's going to come in and try to make you doubt that. He's going to come in and make you want to seclude yourself. Because one of the ways that the enemy works is through isolation. He knows that if he can get you isolated, he can play with your mind however he sees fit. He knows that if he can get you away from believers, away from the church, away from, you know, from your family, away from your friends, away from just you, so it's just you, him, and your thoughts, he knows that he can sneak in through that. He knows he can put thoughts there that you wouldn't have someone to snap you out of it, right? So whenever that happens, I have, you know, I have my husband who, who's quick to, hey, snap out of it, <laughs> right? When I start feeling, <laughs> and he knows it too, when I start feeling like the stress or the burden or the heaviness or anything like that, he's like, hey, no, no, snap out of it, snap out of it. We're going to come out of this, right? And it's so important, even if you're here and you're single, that's why it's so important to have a, a, a church home, to have pastors, to have mentors, to have 
uh, godly friends who can you can open up to when that attack comes and share what it is, and they can say, no, snap out of it. You're an overcomer. You're going to come out of this. Because sometimes people don't have that, so they just kind of believe, like, you know what, I am uh, useless, or I am, uh, you know, not needed, or I am, and that's how, and you see it all the time, especially if you're not, and that's just Christians. Like, if you're not a Christian, you see it so many times where that's how people fall into depression. That's how people go and get, um, have to be on like 17 different medications just to make it through their day because they don't have that. They don't have anyone to, to pull them out of that, you know. And another thing, if you're alone, rely on the Holy Spirit alone as in like, you know, you don't have a spouse or, or anyone physically around you. Rely on the Holy Spirit because he is that brother. He is that father figure, that comforter, that friend that can pull you out of that. You know, when you're praying in the Spirit, he'll reveal things to you and, and give you ideas and, and ways to, to overcome that attack. Lord, like there's so many times I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> Lord, this, this situation just came up in my family. What are we going to do? You know, and I rely on him to figure it out because it's not, it's not my job. My job is to rely on the Holy Spirit. My job isn't to, to fix the world and all of its problems. My job is to be used by God to administer the Holy Spirit. Right. That's why, like, when when people come to us for counseling and stuff, it's not it's not what Sarah thinks of your situation. It's not what Sarah thinks of your home life or how you were brought up or anything like that. I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. And so I wanted to start in Genesis two, verse 18. And because this and we're going to go through. So we're going to go through some ways that the enemy tries to to attack through isolation, and then some ways that we overcome it. So in Genesis 2, 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. It will, and I will make a helper who is just right for him. So, you know, and the Lord's talking about Adam, so he's saying it's not good for man to be alone. You know, and that's, that's scripture, you know. So, so many times, you know, and, and that's why... It's not wrong if you're believing for a spouse or you're believing for someone uh, to come into your life to potentially marry. That's not wrong. You know, I've been told I was, I was ready to be married at a young age, like 18. I was like, all right, Lord, where's he at? <laughs> and I was ready to be married. And I got, like, made fun of. I, I, told, I was told, like, oh, you're just marriage hungry or you're just desperate. or you're just, And it wasn't because I wasn't just desperate. I wasn't just marrying just anybody. Right, I was waiting for the one, but that was a godly desire I had. Lord, I want to be married, and so that's even you know scriptural. The Lord said it's not good for man to be alone, but that's even in like this physical realm because that's why we have the body. That's why we have the church where we can come and fellowship. We can come and be built up. Iron sharpens iron. We can be around each other and build each other's spirits up, and that's why it's so important to not. Uh, Seclude yourself to be alone. If you turn over to Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9. And this is what the Lord showed me. And it was just, it was powerful when I was studying this out. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. 
Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so this isn't, I mean, this, this isn't just about marriage. This is about having godly people to back you up. This is about having a godly friend to call and build you up. You know, two is better than one. When you feel attacked, don't, don't shut yourself in to just allow the enemy to come in and race, you know, your mind's racing, you're, you're feeling it, you know, and then what happens, you start snapping at people because, well, I'm stressed out, and well, I'm going through this, and well, this debt, and well, this, because that's what's going to happen, is you're going to start, you're going to start drawing away, and that's how the enemy works. If he, and you see, like, people don't just backslide. You ever realize, you ever see, like, people aren't in church on Sunday praising the Lord, worshiping God, having an encounter, speaking in tongues, and then, like, go out for lunch and, like, murder somebody. You see, like, people don't, like, backsliding is like a slow leak in a tire. It's not just a blowout. It's a slow leak. People slowly start separating themselves. People slowly quit showing up. People slowly, uh, you know, block themselves off. People slowly stop talking to people, you know, like that. And that, what does that do? No one's there to pull them out when, the, when they get in trouble. No one's there to help them get out of that. Right? So then they start turning to other things. They start doing it their own way. And then the enemy comes in and says, well, they were never there for you anyway. Because look at, and meanwhile, you're, you're starting, I mean, no one here, but you're starting to like pull yourself into your own little self bubble. And no one even knows. Because no, you you're not relying, you're not pulling on other people here in the church to help. And so that's how the enemy works is he is like people who backslide. I see it all the time is like people just slowly start separating themselves from the church. So I wanted to say because isolation, isolation opens us up to spiritual attack. Isolation can open you up. And this is, this is not isolation with God. This is just self-isolation, just blocking yourself off. From the church, it, it opens you up to sin, depression, selfishness, anger. The list can go on. If you turn to First Peter five, starting in verse eight, is where I want to start. It says, "Stay alert, watch out." For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And an, another translation says, uh, stay alert, be, be uh, sober-minded, stay watchful. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And the reason I wanted to include uh, that verse was because I thought it was so interesting because one of the ways that the enemy comes in to attack is he, he'll play with your mind and make you think you're the only one that deals with this. He'll play with your mind and make you think you're the only one that goes through this. He'll play with your mind and say you're the only one that thinks like this, you know. And even recently, like, it's been brought to my attention, like, people think, like, we don't go through stuff. My husband, you know, personally, like, we don't go through stuff. <laughs> we don't have... Like, we don't wake up and, and, and you know, have uh, obstacles 
and things like that. And even though we don't talk about it, we don't, uh, we don't give the enemy any glory, you know, because we don't, we don't go around and say, man, the devil's just really, he's on the attack. He's on the attack. He's attacking me. Like we don't, we don't boast in him, but we just stand firm with each other and say, no, this is our scripture. This is what we're believing. And we're going to, uh, we're going to overcome this. And then when we overcome it, we share it with the world. You'll never believe the test and financial testimony we had, the breakthrough we had, the family member that came back to the Lord. You know, like, like we, don't, we don't talk, even though we don't talk about it, doesn't mean that people aren't going through stuff. You know, even though, you know, pastor's up here and he, he's feeding everyone spiritually, doesn't mean that he doesn't go through stuff in his day-to-day life, but that's what the enemy does. He'll say, you'll never be like that, and you're the only one going through this, and you're the, probably the only one in this church that has ever had to do this or, or go through that or say this or, or look at that person that way. You know, like that's how he comes in, and he tries to make you think you're the only one when that's not true. Everybody has to go through stuff. Everybody's got their own story. Everybody has their own testimony of what they've been brought out from. And that's why, you know, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, sharing your testimony. And that's what is so, like, unique. And I was just talking to someone about how your testimony is so powerful because it, you can turn around your past and everything that you've had to go through or you've done and help someone else who had to go through the same thing or is in the same thing and, and help pull them out of it. Right? That's so powerful. Like your testimony, like what the enemy meant for evil and wrong, like God can turn it around for your, your good so much so that you have such a testimony that, you know, you might have been addicted to drugs, uh, uh, an alcoholic. You might have been, um, you know, any, anything. But, but if God brought you out of it, then that's your testimony to, to share with people. You know, that's why I don't, I don't, you know, I understand some people like statue of limitation, they might not share everything in their testimony, but like, you know, like it, like you should share your testimony and not be ashamed of it because God used you. God pulled you out of it. God turned things around. Is this helping anyone? Is this good? Okay. <laughs> am I going, am I, is this good? Is this good? Okay. <laughs> she says it's good. We, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Amen. So turn to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Um, wait, did I just read that? Yes. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about, okay. So now that we've covered a couple of ways that the enemy wants to isolate us, let's talk about isolation with God. Isolation with God is so important, and so it's complete night and day from isolation from the church. In Matthew 14, verse 23, it talks about Jesus um, went alone to pray. It talks about how he sent people away and he went alone to pray. What was that? That's just him and God. When I say isolation with God, I mean, it's just you and God. It's just you two. You're talking to him. He's speaking to you and, and you're just, you're worshiping him. You're giving thanks to him. What is that? That's building you up. That's building up your spirit. That's revealing things to you. That's, that's building your relationship with him. And it talks about this a lot. Luke 5 verse 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So why do we think we're exempt from something that Jesus did often? Why do we think that we don't need to when Jesus did this often? Jesus withdrew often to, the wilderness, to go to the wilderness to pray. In Mark 1, 
verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So you see, he didn't even stay in the same house. Because I thought about this, and I was like, Lord, like, why wouldn't you just wake up and just pray to yourself? You know what I mean? Like, he didn't even, he went to a place. What was that? That was him placing an expectation. That was him of saying, I'm not just going to wake up and sit in my bed and pray. I'm going to go somewhere, and when I get there, I have an expectancy that God's going to show up. Because it's, it's one thing for, like, my husband and I to, like, cook a meal and sit down at our dining room table and, like, eat a meal. It's another thing for him to plan a date where he takes me to a restaurant and then takes me to go get ice cream. What is that? That's, that's, a, that's so much more because uh, you're putting thought into it. You're planning it. You're thinking it out like you're, where am where, where I going to take her? You know, and so that's what he was doing. He said he woke up and he went somewhere to pray. He left the house before the sun was even up to go pray. And that's just something, you know, that, that you could, we can all do. We can just not only wake up and, like, lay in bed and pray in the morning or, or lay in bed before we fall asleep and close our eyes, but go to a room, you know, walk around your neighborhood if you live in a safe neighborhood. <laughs> walk around. Uh, go into uh, your yard. I mean, go into your garage. Go somewhere with expectation of I'm going to come here with this question, uh, with this obstacle that I'm dealing with, and I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to, to hear from you, God. I'm, I'm so excited to, to spend time with you, God. I'm so excited to build my relationship with you. Amen. And something else that the Lord put on my heart, and I, and I wasn't expecting to go here, but the Lord, the Lord really put it on me, was that you are needed for the work of the kingdom. And he, put, and he took me to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse, verse 14. And, and this was powerful because I was like, Lord, what does this have to do with this? But he just said, just read it. <laughs> and so starting in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, it says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never see, say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And some we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. And this is what the Lord had me underline is because he's, he's talking about the parts of the body that you can't even see, you take the greatest care of, you know? Like, I don't cover my hands, right? I'm, they're exposed. They're exposed all seasons. They're exposed throughout the day. 
And, and even though it's, it's constantly something you see, it, it's, these aren't as important as the heart or as the brain that you can't see. And this is what the Lord was showing me is that, is that sometimes we feel like, oh, well, just because we're not up on stage and have a microphone that, or, you know, our ministry isn't as important or our job in the body isn't as important because we're not seen every day. You know, maybe you're on the cleaning team. Maybe you're on the outreach team and you kind of just like help here and there. Maybe you just, you're in a, in a spot, you know, maybe you're like me and you're back in the computer room where, you know, you're just like, you're not seen that doesn't make you any less important to the body of Christ. That doesn't make you any less important or your assignment any less important to the kingdom. Because that, and that's what he's saying there is that, you know, you, even if you're not seen or you feel like you're not seen or you're just invisible or your job isn't as important or any of these things, you're still part of the body. So it's saying, like, who are you to say well, my job in, in the church isn't as important or my job in the ministry isn't as important or my job in the kingdom isn't as important because you could be in a season that doesn't feel important or doesn't feel like, you know, it's, it's glory. You know, it could be messy, you know. It could be a season of, of, of messy where you feel like at your job or at your home, you, that, could be, that could be your season of ministry, even at your home, where it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. But I want to tell you that it's important. It's important. Whatever God's called you to do, no matter if we feel it's, we feel it's important or not, it's important. God could be having you speak into to young people's lives, and it doesn't feel like you're changing the world, but it's important. You know, God could be uh, setting you up with a ministry with the elderly. It might not seem glorified, but it's important. And that's why he, he brought me here to say this, is that the enemy can come in, and one of his tactics can be to say that your job isn't important. That you're, what you're going through, or, or your ministry, or, or anything like that, he can, he can have you put you in a comparison realm, where you're comparing yourself to other people, where you're comparing yourself to other family members or, or co-workers or even people in the church where you're, you just, you know, he can have you thinking, well, your life isn't all together like so-and-so or, or your job isn't as important as so-and-so, and he can get you into that comparison realm. And it's such a lie and it's such an attack. But when you know I'm important, I have a purpose, this is my purpose, you can overcome that. And how do you do that? By renewing your mind, by staying in the word. You know, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, it talks about how we have to keep renewing our mind in order to not uh, fall into the trap of this world, which is the trap that the enemy set for it. So, you know, get alone with God. I'm going to close with this thought because when you're, you know, the Bible talks about renewing your mind, it's a... It's something that we constantly have to be doing. It's like I, I was saying earlier this week, like we'll never get to a place where we just like arrive, right? Where we are just so full of the word, I don't need to read it anymore. Or I'm so full of prayer, I don't need to pray anymore. Or I'm so full of the spirit, I don't need to speak in tongues today, right? It's a constant, it's a constant relationship, right? And I, I gave this example, like I didn't marry my husband at the altar and, and, and vow to him to love him and, and cherish him and, 
and for better and better, you know, like I didn't do that. And then like, you know, you may now kiss the bride and we ate some cake and then I said, okay, I'll see you later. And then just like hopped on a plane and, and just left, right? It's a, it, and that's what people, sometimes people think is like, oh, well, salvation is great because you get right with God and you know you're going to heaven. But salvation is just the start. Salvation is the start of the relationship. Now it's time to build up that relationship. It's time to constantly be working on ourselves. Lord, take this out of me. Lord, take that out of me. Lord, uh, give me uh, a heart for the lost. You know, give me a passion for, for people. Let me see people the way you see people. Let me, let me see things the way you see things, Lord. Lord, I need help in this, in this area. Lord, I need help. I need wisdom for finances. I need, I need a key to get out of this or, or whatever the case is. You know, you rely on that and you build that relationship. And that just comes by spending time with him, by, by getting alone with God to overcome whatever it is that the obstacle could be. Amen. And I just want to close tonight. I did good. I'm real early. Y'all are going to go home and uh, eat some leftovers from today's grill out. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to, I wanted to close by just us spending some time with God. Whether, you know, just, just getting alone. You know, if you want to walk around, if you want to lay down, if you want to kneel, pray, whatever. Just spending time with God and asking him, you know, what can I do, Father? What, what would you have me to do to help build our relationship, to help uh, this circumstance, with this question, with this, whatever the case is? Just get alone and, and ask him. And I'm going to be here um, if you need me to, if you want me to agree with you in prayer for anything, or if you just want a fresh touch, I'll be here and I'll pray for you for sure. If you'd like to stand with us as we preach the gospel and go after souls, you can do so by going to mjvministries.com and clicking Give Now. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search MJV Ministries and subscribe. Thanks for listening.